relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Welcome, dear friends. It's another episode of the Manhood Hour on America First with me, your host, Sebastian Gorka, where we celebrate toxic masculinity, the thing that has built our civilization, the thing that, if we don't have, means the collapse of civilization. Just ask the Romans. Who better to discuss it than a man who, I don't know how to quantify him, how to categorize him. He's a rather unique chap. I'll ask him to do it himself. He is the host of the Rageaholic channel on YouTube, and he goes by the nom de guerre of Razor Fist. Mr. Fist, welcome back to America First. Hello. I am, uh, I guess, comedian, pundit, uh, sometimes ballerina, I suppose. <laughs> can, I, can I call you a cultural commentator? That is fair enough. Yeah, I review what well, we're, we're talking about manhood today. I started out my career talking about action movies of the testosterone kinetic Stallone Schwarzenegger variety in the 80s. That's why I wear the the aviators in the whole getup, because uh, the first movie I reviewed was Cobra, oh. where there's a pair of aviators permanently grafted to Stallone's face. Um, I need to ask movie. you, and I, I do appreciate the, the fact that you can actually pronounce the word pundit properly. I don't understand why people say pundit. It's only got one N in it. What What is it with people who say pundit, Razor Fist? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I guess it's when somebody tries to axe you something. It's sort of like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, before we get on to uh, celebrating the concept of manhood and then dealing with the assault on the manhood, I've got to ask you if a Cobra, the uh, I, uh, You Are the Disease, I Am the Cure movie, um, why does he eat pizza with a pair of scissors? Have you ever worked that I out, I have Razor? no idea. And he keeps his gun-cleaning paraphernalia in the egg carton, which nowadays has got to be a pricey venture, for crying out loud. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that's about. While he's watching a Toys R Us commercial on the television, I don't know. Which, by the way, means that uh, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas commercial on the television. So, uh, Cobra, just get another uh... Therefore, therefore. All right, let, let's get down to business. If you're not following this guy, you should, because he may deal with, you know, cultural ephemera. He may deal with the amazing movies of the 80s, video games as well. But his political commentary, it's like, if I like it and my 23-year-old son likes it, there is something cross-generational. It's something you just got to subscribe to right now. It's the Rageaholic on YouTube. All right, so first question. I have a list of questions I ask all my guests with regards to the topic of manhood in the Manhood Hour. The first thing is, Razor Fist, is manhood... Is masculinity in trouble in our society today? I think it is suppressed. I don't know if trouble is the word for it, because it's it's not going away in the traditional sense, but it is absolutely being demonized. And I, I believe of also just as often and perhaps just as aggressively, it's being explicitly ignored it like muted that's what it feels like you know what it reminds me of is that interview with the former ceo of google where he was talking essentially about censorship without calling it censorship and he said you know we we want people to be able to say what they want but we just want to keep it in a little cubby hole we want it we want it to be on the side you can't find it but it's still there that's not censorship right it's like that that's how masculinity is being treated right now, if it's not being explicitly demonized, right? Like, that's that's really what we—you and I come—I come from a different generation than you, but for crying out loud, it must have been even more for you. When I was growing up, for crying out loud, it was even— it, 
even compared to that, like now, nowadays, it's it's just ridiculous. We went from the metrosexual thing to straight up heterosexual women. Like it's not, we've, we've transitioned into just men being expected to be women. That's kind of what it feels like. I don't know, back when I was growing up, men were too busy having balls to shave them. So that's kind of... <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. today, today, tattoos. This is another thing. Tattoos, which are supposed to be like the ultimate sign of masculinity. There are tattoo advocates now. Like, does anybody remember when what, what the only is, what advocate is, what does tattoo that had? What does that mean? I Ta know. Tattoo advocate. Exactly. Does anybody remember when the only advocate a tattoo had was the fist of the hell's angel it was attached to? Oh and now goodness. we have publications and and serious we have ted talks about tattoos for crying out loud they're, they're drawings they're scribbles on your arm they're supposed to mean you're in the navy or you're you're a bad mother right like that's the uh, entire yeah, idea you're not, you're not supposed to have publications about tattoos that's when the uh, the the anarchist creates an anarchist meeting for for his anarchist yeah. club that there's a something a little oxymoronic there all right so right now you are a man of the culture who comments on the culture, who comments on politics. In military terms, to use, you know, Clausewitzian terminology, what is the center of gravity? Where, where is the center of this assault on masculinity? There's so many things to talk about, like, you know, Hollywood, the schools, the teacher training, whatever it is. Is there an epicenter for this, in your opinion? I think it starts, really. I think it, it has to start at the lowest level, the most foundational level, which is the family. You look at the statistics with regard to fathers attaining custody yeah. of their children compared to the mother. The mother virtually has to try and set her kids on fire to lose custody of the kids. The father can be the most upstanding, like he can be a fa world famous global explorer. He can, right? He can be building skyscrapers and the most wealthy. He can be Daddy Warbucks, and the court is still going to default to siding with the woman, uh, regardless. You see this again and again. Um, mass shootings are certainly in the news at present. One of the biggest mass shootings in the world was Anders Breivik. And if you look into that situation, his mother was a total mess and a drug addict and may have molested him as a kid. And in the Norwegian court system, his father, who is actually a fairly prominent, I believe he's a politician, yeah. something like that. Yeah. He had tried to get custody of the kid and the courts, by default, they went with the mother, even though there were already reports that he was uh, being molested possibly at that point and whatever. God knows how that affected that kid until he ultimately exploded and, you know, accomplished one of the most ghoulish acts in the history of Norway. Is it a stretch to draw a line of connection from what's happening today with whether it's the Gillette ad or whether it's, you know, the, the 90 pound female heroine decking the 250 pound, you know, tough guy in the latest movie to all the way back to the Frankfurt school, to the, the neo-Marxist, to the deconstructionist. Because if, if you're positing garbage, like, you know, a 90 pound woman can deck, you know, Lou Ferrigno, the, the Hulk, then you're actually denying reality, no? Yeah, what this really comes down to, you you hit the nail on the head, actually. There's one name that you need to keep in the back of your mind, and that is Antonio Gramsci. Yeah. That's really kind of the guy that makes it about a cultural and a pro kind of an agitprop sort of a strategy where, okay, it's not enough for entertainment to be entertainment. It has to be entertainment as message. Probably the most famous essay written about this, ironically, was by a communist who wrote movies in Hollywood, and that's uh, Albert Maltz. He wrote a article in a socialist newspaper, and he was criticizing his own side. Basically, it was it, the article's called "What Will We Ask of Writers?" You can actually read it online; it's in PDF, whatever. And he's basically criticizing how. You know, once the message becomes more important than the entertainment, the entertainment becomes vacuous. And then he argued that the message underlying becomes less effective because it becomes so propagandist that it becomes it flies so in the face of reality that the palate of the public then rebels. I think that's the phase we're in at this point, right? Albert Maltz, by the way, after writing that, was browbeaten by the Hollywood Communist Party. They dragged him out at public conventions or, or public events and such uh, with 
famous Hollywood actors. He famously wrote a speech for Catherine Hepburn and they would bring him out. They browbeat him for hours and hours. They had him deliver humiliating speeches, disowning this article that he had written. And all he did was tell the truth. Wow. Right? It's, it's unbelievable. The communists, they do not suffer dissent, folks. Albert Maltz, what will they ask of the rider? We're talking to Razor Fist. The O is a zero. Subscribe to The Rageaholic right now on YouTube. If you enjoy the Manhood Hour, guarantee that you never, ever miss any of our episodes. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Go to Spotify. Plug, plug in my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Never miss an episode. The subscription is absolutely free and also leave Leave us a five-star review and share the links with your friends. Likewise, if you're America First, check out the store. He's wearing a very cool T-shirt. He's got a, a Mauser C96 with a stock and a Luger P08 with a stock. We, maybe we need some of that gear over at our website. In the meantime, hottest selling item is the FBI T-shirt jointly made with Chris Plant. It's, this time it says FBI. Fascist Bureau of Intimidation. Get yours today. SebGorkaStore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. SebGorkaStore.com. America first. Magnificent. Great to be back from SHOT Show. It was great to be at SHOT Show. And I'm still recovering from all those people being so nice to me when they saw me in person. They said, is, is that you, Dr. G? Yeah, it is. It's Mark II. They didn't recognize me. Why? Because I've lost 42 pounds. How did I do that after 20 years of trying to shed the weight with Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team at my PhD weight loss? Five meals a day, no stupid calorie counting, no, pop, no, pip, no pill popping, just a system that burns the fat. If I can do it, anyone can. Call today, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. So many people are living new lives, liberated from, you know, that thing in the middle you need to get rid of? Do it today, 864 Six four four one nine zero zero. My PhD weight loss. My PhD weight loss dot com. Okay, um, let's get down to the nitty gritty. It is the manhood hour. We are talking to Razor Fist, the host of the Rageaholic channel on YouTube. Oh, by the way, we, we were discussing Antonio Gramsci and uh, Hollywood and narrative control. You did an amazing video. On, on Red Hollywood, on politics in Hollywood. Everybody needs to see it. Do you know the top, off the top of your head what the title of that video was? The, the title, and you are going to need to know the exact title because YouTube uh, have <laughs> suppressed it algorithmically. It is uh, Hollywood Was Always Red. Hollywood and, uh, Was Always Red. You've got to watch it, guys. Hollywood Was Always Red. True eye-opener. This guy does his research. In addition to the other stuff that he's done that I've just discovered, his review of you know the noir movie. Super fun. All right, let's get back to top. Well, it's all the same topic. Noir movies are full of manly men. What, what, right. is, what is your definition of a man what what are the non-negotiables if you're a real guy if you're a real man uh, you know an example of, of manliness what kinds of virtues does that entail moral i think it's a delicate byplay of support first off fatherhood is the pillar right even even if you're not a father you can still embody the virtues of fatherhood understand what i mean um but it's to me, that the delicate byplay there as embodied by my father and anyone else who was lucky enough to have a, a good father is this delicate byplay of support, but some healthy, healthy, not destructive criticism. And it's constantly like it's this back and forth, which, you know, sometimes fuels adversarial relationships between father and sons as time goes on. But boy, you get older and you realize, hmm. Yeah, it was nice to have the support, but boy, it was the criticism that was the most important part to me. Like, that was the part that actually helped me to live my life as a proper functioning adult. <laughs> I feel like people who grow up either without fathers or absentee fathers or maybe stepfathers who are barely engaged, uh, they miss out on that. That, to me, 
fatherhood is of the essence of manhood, uh, ultimately. You yeah. even see this embodied e even in some of the action movies that we're talking about. Strangely enough, even though a lot of these guys are childless, even though a lot of them are, you know, whatever, they're ultimately, their their sense of moral responsibility, their moral code and whatnot is really indicative, not so much of this rogue, loose cannon, I want your badge and gun on my desk tomorrow morning, <laughs> right? Like, it's not necessarily that. The moral center at the heart of them is, I have to protect, I have to guide. My my moral certitude is paramount at this point. You see that in Dirty Harry, you see it in Cobra, you see it in all of them, right? All of that death wish with Charles Bronson, all that stuff. Uh, that, that to me is of the essence of masculinity. I think it comes from the core of fatherhood and sort of radiates out. Yeah, the, the, these aren't individuals who question their moral judgment. They, they know if somebody's a bad guy. They don't worry if the, you know, the serial killer's you know, background at home wasn't good when he was a kid. They know the serial killer's bad, correct? Exactly, exactly. Or, you know, you could be a father like uh, Joe Biden. It is... Hang on, no, 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 no. Don't be unfair on little Joe. Uh, Hunter Biden, right? Where, where you are trying to deny, deny the progeny of your loins the right to yeah. actually carry your name. Did you see this, Razor Fist? Oh, well, that too, yeah. Or, or gosh, it's it's a shame in the last week that uh, Ashley Biden's diary doesn't count as a top secret document, huh? Maybe the media <laughs> would cover that one. Uh, I don't, there's a lot of fun stuff going on with the uh, Biden family tree, which at this point looks more like a broom. But anyway. If, if, uh, if you haven't been following these stories, the uh, stripper with whom the... Uh, drug addict Hunter Biden had an illicit child, illegitimate child, is wanting to change her daughter's name to be Hunter, to, to, to be Biden, the last name to be Biden. And Hunter is asking for a court injunction to have his child not be allowed to carry his name. I guess family means something different in the Biden family. Uh, all right. So for me, let me just, you, you talked about the the importance of criticism um, or, or, you know, tough feedback from the father. One of the most yeah. surprising things for me, Razor, was when my children, who are now in their 20s, maybe a couple of years ago, both my daughter and my son said one of the most important things I did for them as a father was to set boundaries, that they were very clear that dad had a boundary on the left, a boundary on the right, and these were non-negotiable. And they actually thanked me for, the, for, for that in their 20s. Isn't that part of what you're talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this framework that starts out as just, you, you think that it's arbitrary when you're a little kid, right? Like you think, oh, dad just doesn't want me to do things. Mom doesn't want me to do things. And then you grow up and realize that really what they're erecting there is a is a moral framework. They're they're creating a situation where you're going to be able to recognize why these strictures exist and decide whether they have value in your own life or not. It's also important they don't um, necessarily imp it's not imposed. That's the that's the other interesting thing. It's a, a really good father will make you understand that you're the one who ultimately has to impose this on yourself in a way. And the only way that it's really going to resonate with you is if you actually do that. You know, you see this with, you know, helicopter parents and so forth, where they try to do everything for their kids. Or they try and it's like they're trying to put a helmet on their kid throughout life and have them always wearing a, a pair of floaties. It's like sometimes your kid has to sink a little bit before they learn how to swim. And a father, I feel like, is the proper sort of vehicle for that. Some mothers can do that. And, and God bless single mothers who yeah. are able to pull off that feat. It's not easy. But a father really, I think, is is the commanding presence at the end of the day that truly has to to, you know, be the one to push that. I in my experience, I understand every family's different, but that's that's kind of how it, it feels to me. Um, fascinating point that the, those limits left and right 
um, cannot yeah. be arbitrary or be seen to be arbitrary. They, they've got to be internalized by the child. Fascinating point. We're talking to Razor Fist. Follow him on Twitter. Razor with a zero for the O, Razor Fist. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Make sure you are following us on all social media platforms that matter. We are on Truth Social. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Parler, Getter, Telegram, Cloud Hub. You can watch us. We are a televisual feast at SalemNewsChannel.com. And my most recent is my Substack. Check out my personal Substack at SebastianGorka.Substack.com. That's my name, one word, SebastianGorka.Substack.com. My pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, my buddy, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back to my listeners. The Percal bed sheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly $89.98, but now for you, just $39.98 with your listener promo. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percal sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-829-8468, promo code Gorka, or just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio list square, and plug in G-O-R-K-A. That's 1-800-829-8468, or MyPillow.com, code Gorka. Hey, Google, ban this. If you enjoy America's First, support those who make it possible. We don't get half a billion dollars from the taxpayer like NPR does every year. This is a free market enterprise, and we rely on the support of great Americans, great businessmen like Mike Lindell, the inventor of the MyPillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. Over 71 million sold. President Trump loves them. My whole team uses them. Treat yourself. Go to his website. He's got over 150 amazing items. Use my name for up to 66% off. You can call in your order 800-829-8468 but you've got to use the secret code g-o-r-k-a that's mypillow.com or call 800-829-8468 but you've got to use the code g-o-r-k-a all right raise a fist uh, this is the fun part because i get all kinds of different answers from football coaches to my dad to a fictional hero in a book i read when i was a kid for you growing up outside of sliced alone, okay, in that movie where he's using scissors to cut up his pizza, a cobra. Uh, what for you were the seminal influences for your internalizing and understanding what it means to be a man? I mean, obviously my father, but I think maybe even more my uh, my grandfather. No slight to my father, but my grandfather was. Uh, he only died a couple of years ago, so he lived a nice little long while. Had a full head of salt and pepper hair till the day he died. Nice. Chain smoked like a chain smoked like a chimney. Whiskey from dawn. Hang to on, death. hang on. How, 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 what was his innings? How long did he live as a chain smoker? Late eighties, nice. something like that. Almost, almost into his nineties. I don't know. They ought to bottle, bottle that man's jeans. <laughs> but smoked like a chimney. Whiskey, NASCAR. He sounded like Johnny Cash, kind of looked like him too. And and yet, for all of his vices and imperfections, for all of his proclivities, any time you called him, he would show up. I remember vividly, and this is a story that I will never forget, when I was in school, elementary school, in band. He was not expected, like, right, you called all the grandparents, you expected all the other ones to show up, but he was the drunk, right? He was the one you didn't expect to show up. And uh, it was grand, bring your grandparents to school day or whatever. Grandparents day, I think it was. And I had a band recital that day and whatever. And all the grandparents that you expect to show up did. And then I look over and he's just there. He was, he was one of those guys who was just an absolute rock. He was a man. He, you know, when he died, I remember I just posted one tweet. Here lies a man. Because that's that's what he was at the end of the what, day. What, what, what were the adjectives? What were the descriptor words? When you think of your grandfather now, what are the what are the words that come to mind? Uncompromising. That would be that would be the one. Uncompromising. 
he had his moral frame and it wasn't always perfect. He, he wasn't a perfect individual. But I think through example, he forced you to sort of form your own kind of moral framework. And that really is the function of a father. It's the function of a grandfather. It's the function of any of them. I, it, sadly, I had another grandfather who passed away a little too, when I was a little too young for him to have provided the same structure. But um, that grandfather in particular, I feel, you know, he was, he was an absolute, he, he was just a man. That's all there is to it. He was an archon of mass, the apotheosis, as it were. A man who knows how to use big words like the apotheosis. Why? Because he didn't. He... <laughs> no, you. <laughs> you do. You do. Because he's not just a political and cultural commentator and reviewer on YouTube. He's actually an author. Let's put this man's right. novels up on the screen. We have the Long Moonlight Night Vale book one. I just ordered mine. They've arrived. I ordered them for myself at Christmas because, you know. I'm an adult. I can do that. The second one in the Night Vale series is Death, Death Mask. You can go to the website nightvalebooks.com. That's Night Vale. Sorry, nightvalenovels.com because he's an author, not an auteur because that's posy. He's an author. Nightvalenovels.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Uh, if... If you um, are suffering from daily pain, if you've tried everything else, do what I did four years ago. We are broadcasting from just outside the insalubrious, fetid swamp that is Washington, D.C., from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor. Pain relief that works. Pain relief that's real. Pain relief right now that is liberating half a million Americans across the country, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Leah from Ohio. This, this is Leah's story. One Sunday morning, I sat on my couch in so much pain I was in tears. That's the day I ordered Relief Factor. Following directions, in eight days, I found relief only to get better and better. I'm a believer 100%. That story should be your story. That story could be your story. But there's only one way to find out, but it's okay. It's super easy. Just go to relieffactor.com, order the three quick starter pack for the paltry sum of nineteen ninety-five. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Leah, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. You deserve to know. What have you got to lose? I mean, apart from the pain, nothing. Am I right? Call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. That's 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Do the math. The three quick starter pack, 1995, divide that by 21 days. That comes out to less than a dollar a day. What can you get for less than a You can't even get a cup of coffee for less than a dollar a day. Do yourself a favor. You deserve to know if you could be the next success story. Call right now. You've waited long enough. 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. That's 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. America first. Oops. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet. Well, well don't do me no favors. 
Well, I haven't killed you yet. Well, don't do any, any favors. That's the classic masculine banter that we've enjoyed from those movies. That was the last movie that we uh, reviewed for Making Movies Great Again with my buddy Chris Cole's Lethal Weapon. A classic. Don't miss the next one Monday evening here on America First. We're celebrating toxic masculinity, ultimate testosterone-filled toxic masculinity with our good friend Razor Fist. He of the Rageaholic channel on YouTube. You must subscribe. Okay, this is interesting, this question, um, because you've been so incredibly explicit in terms of, um, for you, manhood being tied to fatherhood. Here's my penultimate question for you of the ones I ask all my guests. What is the minimum syllabus, Razor Fist? What are the things fathers must teach young boys what is the what are the non-negotiable parts of manhood that every young boy in america must be taught by their father i think at the end of the day i mean you you have to really you've got the carrot and the stick right with mother and father usually yeah usually. at least that was the traditional relationship we're seeing that break down of course that's that's one of the problem many problems that our uh, society is dealing with right now but you have the carrot and the stick so mom has the incentive and dad brings the hammer. That's really what it is. Dad's usually the disciplinarian. Not always. Actually, in my family, it was more so the opposite. It was my mo- mother was a little bit more of a disciplinarian. My dad was a little bit more of a supporter type, right? But I still, it still worked. It was just reversed. Right. Um, that, to me, is kind of what that is. It's consistency. Um, uncompromising. And here's the interesting thing about that is I think what that winds up conferring to you in adulthood is to be similarly uncompromising. You see, look, people who haven't had the luxury of living through the sort of posh middle, upper middle class, whatever lifestyle of of a normal contemporary American, you see this constantly. They have some of the most uncompromising morals imaginable. We're talking about action movies. Probably my favorite action star of all time is Charles Bronson, right? Mm-hmm. And Charles Bronson grew up like literally as a child laborer in a Pennsylvania coal mine. Right. He wore his parents sewed like clothes out of curtains for him to wear to school. He was bitterly impoverished. And then he grows up, he gets he winds up getting like a purple heart in World War II as a yeah. tail gunner and uses the GI Bill to become an actor. And then throughout his acting career, he's the one guy you can never find interviews of. He's the one guy you never, because he's never self-aggrandizing. He's never, he was always the guy who was just, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna work. He was a man, right? Michael Winter, when they made Death Wish, probably his most famous film, Michael Winter's describing the premise of Death Wish. And this is just genius. And he's like, yeah, you know, your wife and daughter are taken out by these muggers and what, and you just go on a killing spree. You start wasting muggers and Charles Bronson hears the pitch for the movie. And he says, I'd like to do that. And (laughs) Michael Winner is like, well, what is it? Oh, you'd like to do the movie. That's fantastic. I wanted you for the role. He's like, no, 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 no. I'd like to shoot muggers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think, I think that's called I think that's called the Stanislavski response. Right. (laughs) It's absolutely classic. All right, uh, so, but Bronson. I mean, the stories of this guy. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna incredible. have to go back. I mean, maybe we will have to add a couple of his movies to our Making Movies Great Again uh, review. Right. Now, you mentioned early on. Let's tie these things together. You mentioned early on these spates of mass shootings uh, in America, uh-huh. in elsewhere, like Andres Breivik. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, this is like bloody obvious to me. There's a thread here. Um, no father figure or nominal father figure, and every single one of them has been drugged up with some kind of prescription, you know, mind-altering drug. Um, surely, you know, the, the assault on manhood is also in large part responsible for what we're seeing in these terms of mass shootings, no? There's a video I did on this subject that I'm going to name check uh, is of school shooters and Fabergé eggs is the name of the video. I did it a few years ago. And I sort of laid out my interpretation of what's going on with the mass shooters. I think what is really happening at the end of the day is that kids are so, there's a lot of things, obviously. There's no hard, fast rules to this, but in an overarching context, kids are not growing up with the tougher rhino skin 
around them. When I grew up or you grew up or whatever, you had that moment when you went to school and got the wedgie. Yeah. Or had to fight the bully. Or the fist fight. Or right, right. Whatever, right? Right. Kids nowadays, if that happens, the parents show up and the teacher gets fired. Yeah. Or, right, like, or gosh, going back even further, it's at the time when my parents were going up through school and they would literally still get the switch oh, at that oh, time. Dude, or- dude, I grew up in England. I was caned. I was caned by the monks in my school for whistling, for whistling at the girls in the sixth form. Right, exactly. And so I think they get out into the world. They're so sheltered through elementary school. And then they get kind of into the, you notice a lot of these people fall into the same age range. Yes. They're all like late, late teens, early 20s. And it's like, the more they get out into the real world and the more that Fabergé egg, that thin skin gets out there into the world, the less they can cope. And the, the more they believe the entitlement that was cultivated through a lifetime of just being coddled, essentially, breaks down and they absolutely explode. They are ticking time bombs. And we blame the guns. I mean, gosh, we just had, what, three mass shootings? Yet another mass shooting in yet another gun-free zone? Yeah. Must be a day ending and why, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. f- funny, for uh, for all their talk of how red states are enabling mass shooters, all the actual shootings happen in states that are bluer than a feminist hairdo every single time. Like, uh, And that's the thing, but California are willing to cut down on the responsible gun owners who can possibly deal with this, and we're never going to talk about the psychological component for a lot of these kids, especially because, as you mentioned, a lot of them are on psychotropics or psychiatric drugs of all makes and models, you know? Then again, in California, especially seeing how uh, gun owners are prosecuted nowadays, I don't blame anyone for not stopping a mass shooter. I mean, who wants to be arrested for firing on a federal agent? But anyway, so uh, <laughs> Oh, that, that's razor fist right there. The only man who can combine the topic of mass shootings and Fabergé eggs. You've got to watch the video. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating. Half a million Americans right now, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Reggie from Florida. This is Reggie's story. I have a lot of pain from aging and after only four days of using relief factor i'm already experiencing less pain and stiffness can't wait to see how i feel in a couple more weeks relief factor is a blessing sent by god powerful words find out for yourself there's only one way order the three quick starter pack at relieffactor.com it'll be at your door in three days or less take it morning and evening like i do and i promise you dr g's guarantee by the end of those three weeks you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me, Reggie, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Apart from the pain. Call 800-583-84-relieffactor.com. That's 800-583-84-relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Straightening the curves. Flapping the hills. Diabolical. Are you an optimist or pessimist when it comes to the future of um, manhood in our civilization? I think with all things, when you're presented with a crossroad, it's a decision. We can mobilize and we can push back against this. Or we can continue to rest on our laurels and be distracted by our phone screens and do absolutely nothing about it. And this is ultimately you can you can feel like that confers a feeling of helplessness or you can embrace that for what it is. And it's a facilitator of agency. You have a role in whether or not true classical masculinity is going to be carried into the future or not. Because there are people, and in their less guarded moments, they will explicitly admit it, who are actually attempting to dismantle it. I'm not going to bash feminism. I love a good woman's movement. I hate it when they just lie there. But I think it has gone a little too far. The pendulum has swung a little too far in, in the other direction. 
I think it's uh, time to get back to some pendulous balls. Thank you very much. Uh, it's it's time. <laughs> the the red pilling of of tens of millions of Americans will come when those who deem themselves to be apolitical, who just want to make the car payment at the end of the month, realize what the transgender extremists are doing to America. Do you think that could be one of the catalytic moments when the transgender extremists cause tens of millions of Americans to say, uh, no, a man's a man, a woman's a woman? I think any one factor isn't enough. It has to be a preponderance of things. It has to be, and and you're starting to see this, it's definitely bubbling to the fore. You can see it in how they're kind of tapping Biden on the shoulder and saying, eh, no need to run again, Joe. We've got your replacement already waiting in the wings. They can kind of sense that matters are coming to a head. If it was just one thing, if it was just your grocery bill, if it was just your gas bill, if it was just the transgender ideology in elementary schools, I don't think it would be enough. But it's all of it coming to a head at once. And instead of pulling back on the throttle like they used to, right? For many, many years, we had that incrementalist strategy where it was, oh, we put a gay character in a sitcom. And then people get really mad and sponsors pull out. And then the character goes away for a little while. And then it comes back a few months later, right? It was boiling the frog slowly. They've stopped doing that. Yeah. They've, they've cranked it up to full burn. It is a royal, it's absolutely just a rolling boil. And that has been their strategy now for the last several years. I think, ironically, I think Trump was really the catalyst for that. I think they freaked out when Trump happened and realized that if they didn't try and seize the entire chessboard, that they wouldn't get anything at all. And so, uh, yeah, I think it really is just a a group of things. And it's mainly caused, and I've talked about this in the past, they thought they were going to inherit the earth with Obama. Yeah. And that didn't happen. Right. He d- It didn't happen. He exhausted all of his political capital passing Obamacare, and he was a lame duck for the rest of his presidency. And then Trump happened, and that absolutely threw them into a frenzy. I think Bernie also was a factor in that. But, like, that to me is really what's going on, is it's a lot of things coming to a head at once. And to answer your question more directly, yes. I think if it continues to head in this direction, it is inevitable. And history is pretty pretty clear on this, too. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This has been the Manhood Hour. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. On this continent, a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And we will make America great again. This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. I know I'm not that smart. I don't claim to be that smart. I'm a sports announcer. I'm not a technical person. I don't know anything about anything. I don't know algorithms or anything else. But I know that Twitter was something that I really enjoyed. We sit here during commercial breaks on this radio show, and I would just glance at Twitter, and it would keep my mind occupied until we come back on the air. And now I glance at Twitter, and I don't know what I'm looking at. All I'm seeing are things that are trending. I don't know why they're trending. There's no explanation as to why they're trending. I'm also getting sent into my timeline things that are two and three days old and or I'm getting things from accounts I've never heard of talking about things I couldn't care less about. Someone's selling me a T-shirt that says, Dear Mom, great job, we're awesome. What the hell is that? What is going on? When did this happen and why? 
I wonder why on the screen under it, it says progressive. That person is Mike Greenberg. Never heard of him before. Allegedly, he's a big deal on something called ESPN. Is that true, Mr. G? Who is this raving lunatic? Somewhat. He's um, very popular because he did the morning show on ESPN radio for 20 years. He's a guy that's a complete liberal and always says, oh, no, I'm not political at all. It always tries not to be. But he was only popular because ESPN Radio forces that morning show on every single affiliate. Plus, he took the show over from Tony Bruno, who had it before we made it big, who's probably the greatest sports radio host of all time. And and what what's his problem with Twitter, Jeff? He's repeating everything that all the leftists have been doing on Twitter since Elon Musk took it over. Are you guys even seeing this? Can you answer this? What's with my feed? It's all Newsmax, Fox News. What What's going on here? <laughs> Oh, poor, poor Mike Greenberg. What a way to start the day. It's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, That means it's Ask Dr. G anything. It's also Second Amendment Friday. Your questions, 833-33-GORKA. That's 833-334-6752. We are keeping a beady eye on California right now. The race for the new champ. Why are they calling this RNC speaker race? RNC speaker? Fox. It's not a speaker. It's a chairperson of the Republican National Committee. Not this. Seriously, can't get it right. Uh, We will tell you the results as soon as they are in. Could be any second. Is Rona Romney McDaniel going to stay in her seat, in her position as the useless chairperson of the RNC? Or could it be a friend of America First, Harmy Dillon, or maybe even Mike Lindell? Stay with us here on America First. We have some amazing guests for you. And one-on-one, a manhood hour that I think you will enjoy immensely with a very, very outspoken individual. But first, let's have some fun at the expense of Al Capone's safe cracker, Geraldo Rivera. I guess, was he hosting Hannity last night, Jeff? Is that why we have that Chiron? It's funny because I thought he was too when I was looking at these clips. He wasn't. He, wa- he-, <laughs> he wasn't? <laughs> I know. So what, whose show was it? it? It was Hannity. It was a panel. Oh, that was a panel, but he was just acting like the host. Yeah, he just decided to be the anchor and start asking questions. Oh, okay. Well, he has some issues with uh, Matt Gates, but listen, listen to <laughs> – he just gives it all away in the first 10 seconds. Listen to how Geraldo describes Kevin McCarthy. This is Cut to with Matt Gates. You sound a good game. What in the world were you and your 19 colleagues doing torturing the speaker, your speaker, your speaker-designate, Kevin McCarthy? What Geraldo, for your egos? News. What was that for? Yo, what, hey, was, hey, what, did you, what did you hope to attain in that? So, first of all, I got some constituents in the military that could talk to you about real torture. I don't think sitting through 15 votes quite qualifies, but here's what we were fighting for. We believe that instead of having omnibus spending legislation that comes to us with only a few hours to consider thousands of pages and then vote on something that funds every agency of the, gum, of the government all at once, that we should take individual votes on appropriations bills. Did you hear what Geraldo said? How dare you torture, torture, that's weird, torture speaker-designate Kevin McCarthy. Speaker-designate. Now, I I may be, you know, ignorant when it comes to these things because I'm just an immigrant, a legal immigrant to the United States. But let me check with somebody who's born here. Eric, does the American system have a designation of speakers? Does, Does somebody designate a speaker and then we have a vote? No, thankfully, the, our Republican system of government does carry over to the House of Representatives, and we have a vote on who the speaker should be. That's what I thought. How weird. Speaker-designate. Sorry, Geraldo, go back to Civics 101, but he wouldn't give up. He just kept on insulting our buddy Matt Gates. We need to get Matt Gates back on the show. Cut three, Geraldo. What I am absolutely outraged by, though, is how this new Congress is just... Just the reflection of the last Congress. It's a do-nothing Congress. What, are, what in the world are they there for? Matt Gates? why are you pursuing, uh, you know, Adam Schiff and, and passing legislation to get him, uh, you know, barred from intelligence? Why don't to you protect the country. Uh, paycheck protection fraud and some of those other th- meaningful things. What are you babbling about? 
You are outraged? Outraged at what exactly? You're not outraged at Schiff lying for six years about having incontrovertible proof of Russian collusion? Weird you're not outraged about that. Maybe you should stick to taking those naked selfies in your bathroom mirror. Do you remember that? The guy was like 72 years old and he's taking naked selfies in the bathroom mirror and then he's posting them. Geraldo, grow up, please. All right, your calls, 833-33-GORKA, 833-334-6752. We'll squeeze in probably a couple of calls at the top of the show. However, we've got to show you it has been released, not only the 9-11 call from Paul Pelosi uh, to the dispatcher in San Francisco on that October night. We now have the body cam footage of what happened when the police came to his home. Really weird because he stood there with his quote-unquote assailant and didn't try to leave the building. Here's the footage. Play cut. Hi, guys. how you doing? How are you? What's going on, man? Everything's good. Hi. Drop the hammer. Um, nope. Hey, 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 hey. What is Pardon going on right now? I'm not getting any answer on calls. Bro, oh, oh, oh. So for those who are only listening to the show, it's, it's unusual. Uh, the, the door is opened. Paul Pelosi is standing there in his underwear. In his left hand, he's holding some kind of drink, some big like a, a monster energy drink can or can of beer or what have you. And then his quote-unquote assailant, this illegal immigrant from Canada, is holding a hammer which Pelosi is also holding. There doesn't seem to be... A lot of fear on Pelosi's face until what happens? The police officer says to the illegal immigrant, drop the hammer, at which point he refuses and raises the hammer and goes after Pelosi. What was happening in the intervening period? What was he doing there standing with a drink in hand and in his underwear? It's all very, very strange. Let's have you sound off on the topics of the day, including the body cam footage, the RNC vote, the latest, the second video from the Project Veritas team of the individual, the head of research and development for Pfizer, being challenged publicly about his, we're mutating COVID to make new vaccines. It didn't go well. Nine minutes trying to assault James O'Keefe. In a restaurant, the way he reacted tells you a lot about the left. All that and more. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. If you enjoy the show, make sure you never miss any of our one-on-ones. Today's is going to be superb. Go to Spotify right now. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, uh, and America First. You can subscribe for free and leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And then, if you're truly America First, check out all the amazing America First gear at our website, sebgorka.com. The FBI t-shirt is still number one. Fascist Bureau of Intimidation, jointly released with Chris Plant. And the newest is our Elon Musk t-shirt. It's hashtag Twitter files. Are you paying attention? We have the shirt. We have the mug. We have the challenge coin. You asked for it with President Trump, America first, and stay frosty. The LGBTQ t-shirt, because we're all LGBTQ here, right? You are too, correct? Let's get Biden to quit. That's LGBTQ. SebGorkaStore.com. Back after these messages. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.